So Tell Me More, a podcast where you can join Prabnor and Navya, two psychotherapy students as they dive into various topics through a psychotherapy lens. This podcast will get you thinking and reflecting on all things mental health, from self-care to learning more about what exactly cognitive behavior therapy is. We hope you stick around. In today's episode, we are excited to discuss the topic of behavioral activation, which is a CBT skill used in the treatment of mood disorders, as well as many other mental health concerns. This is a certain strategy that Prabhu and I have been using quite a bit in our experience at our practicum, and it's something that we've discussed in our classes, so we thought it'd be really cool to share this with all of you and get a deeper sense of what is behavioral activation and how can it be applied in a therapy setting, but also outside of therapy. Absolutely. So thinking about behavioral activation or BA, it really is this well-established treatment that's often used with individuals experiencing depression. Now it can be a whole treatment process in itself, or it can also be a part of CBT. So really what we're trying to do with BA specifically, it's this idea that we want to decrease some of those symptoms that you might be experiencing by initially just becoming aware of different parts of your life that are most important to you. So reflecting on your values and possibly different activities that you're doing on a day-to-day basis. After that, you want to start to bring upon some kind of change in your current routine that will have a positive impact on your overall mood and what it is that you're doing. Now, this isn't as simple as it sounds. It's not that you can just snap out of it and suddenly have these changes and things will be better. It's a lot more complicated than what it actually sounds like. Within BA, we generally try to look at two different models. So there is the inside-out model or the outside-in model. So generally, when we're going about our day on a routine basis, if we're feeling like doing something, we'll have that motivation and we'll get that task done. So if we feel like we want to do something, you'll have that motivation and you'll make whatever change it is that you want to. What we notice with individuals who are experiencing depression specifically, that internal motivation is often not there. So it's really hard to rely on that inside motivation or that internal drive to actually want you to make certain changes that we know that'll improve our mood at some level. So what we try to do within behavioral activation specifically is let's look at this model from the outside. If we're not waiting for that internal motivation to come in, let's bring in that motivation from outside, which means making that change initially and noticing how the more you're making these changes or doing different tasks that you want to, it'll bring some of that motivation or sense of accomplishment to then make you feel a little bit better. And this is something that we explore more in different sessions, but just a little bit of an overview as to what those two models look like. Yeah, I think a really great way of thinking about those models is even like when you're feeling sick and you're like down with a cold, for example, the way that we typically go about that, or at least I know I do, is staying in bed, recovering, drinking soup, right? So really not engaging in all that much and waiting for myself to just get better. And once I get better, I can go back to studying, go back to doing work and doing things that I enjoy as well. And now it's different with depression because as we know, it's more of a chronic illness. And so the longer we wait for 
ourselves to feel better, it can actually lead to having less positive experiences and interactions and lead to this vicious cycle. And as we know with vicious cycles, they can be really hard to get out of once you've started them. And behavioral activation is one way for us to just break that cycle a little bit. So like you said, Prabnor with inside out model, rather than waiting for that internal motivation, which can take a really long time for someone who's experiencing depression to actually experience We'd rather have some outside motivation and things that we can do around us and structure our day in a certain way that can actually lead to more positive experiences and in turn lead to us feeling better. So it's like the snowball effect. So getting the snowball rolling just by making small changes as best as we can. So did you notice anything when you were first learning about this model that stood out to you? Absolutely. I think that really was this idea, the the feeling sick, but also one example that was shared with me in group was how you often, and I feel like many people can relate to this, is you'll often have dishes all around your room. I know I have a collection of mugs, I like to call them, beside my bed. So we know that if we move those mugs and we put them away, we'll feel better. But generally, it's, it's just that if that motivation isn't there, you don't want to do it. And it keeps that feeling of, oh, the glasses are still there. It's not a clean space. But once we're able to make that change and put away those glasses or those dishes and you look at your side table and you're like, oh my God, this is actually such a clean space, you naturally feel better. And that's something that I hadn't even thought about. But seeing that example of something that I could really relate to of a messy room or having dishes out was something that really resonated with me. And I was like, yeah, this this model just makes sense. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I agree. I think it, it sounds so simple in the sense that it's like doing something and leading to more motivation and leading to feeling better. It, it sounds so great. And then to actually get into like the nitty gritty of it, there's a lot that goes into it. And I think you brought up that it's not as easy as it sounds, right? Yeah. There's more to it. But really, I think it's something else that stood out to me when learning about BA is this idea that When you're coming into therapy, it's usually an hour a week and maybe in a group two hours a week. And so that's the time that you're spending with the therapist and really working on some of your goals, reflecting on values and working on being. But there's so many other hours, almost 167 other hours during your week where that's your time to practice these skills and your time to really apply them to your life in a way that's realistic for you. And so that's where BA comes in really nicely because it's about making these concrete changes in your day and having them apply to those 167 hours where you can start to use these skills and really start to see change just simply by the fact that it's applied to so much of your life and it can apply to so many areas of your life. And I think that's such an important fact to just reflect on that we're generally in therapy for such a small amount of our time that it's not going to be enough to make all those changes that you'd like to see out of therapy, for example. So really taking what you've learned and the real therapy sort of happens outside of the one hour session that you're actually in. So looking at that and seeing, well, how is it actually helpful if I'm thinking about behavioral activation specifically? And we noticed that anyone can benefit from behavioral activation. We talked about it in the sense of depression and if you're experiencing those symptoms, but behavioral activation can really be this concept that can help you bring in some structure into your routine even. It can help with things like if you're if you're experiencing depression, you want to work on some lifestyle modifications, if you're experiencing anxiety, so to say, thinking about, well, how can you try to bring in some activities that can help 
with some of the fears that you might be experiencing. Things like addictions, if you're dissatisfied with life, or even if you're experiencing burnout, which I thought was something really interesting that Mm -hmm. you can try to reincorporate some self-care activities or cutting back certain things that you are doing and just a whole bunch of other avenues that you can fall into. But this idea that BA can really help in any part of your life, depending on what that looks like for you. Mm-hmm. I think something I heard that really made that clear to me is this idea that BA is really nothing more than goal setting. And as we know, goal setting can help in all different areas. So it can be applied to work, it can be applied to school, but it can also be applied to interpersonal relationships and doing self-care activities and just interacting with the world around you. Like we can use goal setting in all those areas. And so I think of BA in the same way where it can be helpful in a variety of different areas. But I think also it can help to reflect a little bit more on what your current schedule looks like, like what your current days look like, and then try to decide whether or not you'd like to make change because that's something else that I learned by doing BA in practicum is without knowing where you're starting it's really hard to know where you want to go and so having a more clear starting point can help you decide like okay these are some things that I feel like I'd like to incorporate either to boost my mood or to work on some of my goals and then how can we make our way from the starting point up the stairs almost to use that metaphor to my goal which is at the top of the stairs. All right, so now I think it'd be really nice for us to do a little bit of an activity together, whether you do this while you're listening to our episode or even after, but starting to reflect on what BA can be helpful for and whether it would be a good fit for you. So one thing to reflect on is, do you have a sense of what's triggering your mood or your anxiety? And I think this is this idea of without knowing where you're starting off, it's really hard to know where you'd like to go. And so talking about triggers, talking about things that might make mood worse or anxiety worse is a really great starting point to know whether or not BA can be applied and whether we can use those skills. What do you think, Prabhnur? Yeah, I absolutely agree. It's this idea that is there something in your life that's happening? Is this situational? Are there certain activities that you might be engaging in that could be bringing that mood up or down? And I think it's really important to start reflecting on that as the first point and just recognizing what is it that I'm experiencing and what is it that I'm actually doing right now. Yeah, and I think it can bring so much great insight about how everyday activities, even everyday tasks are affecting your mood, which sometimes we, or most of the time, we honestly don't even look at. This idea that when I eat a meal at a regular time, did that help my mood? And especially for me, having those three or four regular meals during the day is really beneficial, but I would have never thought of it had I not been reflecting on what my everyday looks like. So yeah, I think that's a great one to reflect on. So the second question I'd like you to reflect on is, do I generally find myself doing very little related to pleasure or meaning in my life? So I think this one can be tricky because everyone defines pleasure as well as meaning differently. And that's why we reflect on values so much in BA work is really getting to the underlying things that are important to you. But what do you think about that one in terms of pleasure? Absolutely. And I think one part that we generally work on within BA initially is identifying, well, what is meaningful to you in life Mm -hmm. and what is pleasurable to you in life? Because sometimes when we haven't done things that are meaningful or pleasurable to us in a while, it can be confusing to start off with, you know, well, it feels like nothing right now. So Mm -hmm. reflecting back on, well, what used to be something that was important to you and how can we slowly start to bring that back in? So this idea that 
we want to look at again where are you right now get this snapshot Mm -hmm. of what it is that I'm doing right now so I can start to see what I want to do in the future absolutely and I think that's where that one hour of therapy a week can be so helpful is really digging into what did I find pleasurable what would I like to work on what things would bring me meaning in my life and having those conversations and then taking that forward during your week and actually starting to incorporate some of those things so Mm -hmm. that's where that conversation with a therapist can be quite helpful I find then the third question to reflect on is are there times that I feel better or worse and I'm not sure why that's happening I would say this is something that is so important to reflect on because sometimes we'll be going about our day and we'll just have a sudden mood shift and it feels like it came out of nowhere. And sometimes that may be the case, but in other times there might be something that you were doing or are anticipating to do that could actually encourage that negative mood shift and we might not even be aware of it. So reflecting on that is something that we always work on in BA and explore that deeper. So you get to learn a bit more about, well, are there certain things that could be triggering my mood? Mm -hmm. And I think it comes down to these nuances as well, because sometimes there's more of an obvious situation, like, for example, an argument with a family member. But other times these triggers can be so subtle and it's really hard to identify them until you sit down and identify, okay, what was happening during my day? What was I doing at this moment? And then when did I notice that mood shift? So sometimes it can be something as subtle as like thinking about something that has happened in the past or thinking about Mm -hmm. something that might happen in the future. And those are things that are so easy to not pay attention to and so easy to miss just because we're having so many thoughts every single day. So that's, I think, what you said, Prabhnur, about in BA, we're trying to really reflect on those moments when we're noticing a mood shift and even for the better. I think it's great to know like what things are helping your mood and then how we can continue doing them if we'd like to. So yeah, I think that's such a key one about gaining that insight and reflecting on your day. Absolutely. And then another area related to what I was saying that you can reflect on, which is the fourth question, do I have a difficult time working with my negative thoughts, but seem to feel better when I'm able to get myself moving and actually doing something? Yeah, and I think this even reflects back to the point of when we're moving the dishes away from our room, this idea that are you noticing a possible mood shift when you are doing certain tasks? We notice that sometimes we have all these things on our checklist that When we see them being unchecked, it feels overwhelming to see I still have so many things to do. But when we start checking those items off and we're like, yeah, I'm accomplishing these tasks that I had set forth to do, we notice that it's actually something that is enjoyable or something that's giving us a sense of pride. And we want to start to identify these things and start to explore them a bit further. I agree. I think it's like this experiment almost. Sometimes we are so caught up with our thoughts about a task. So for me, I hate doing the dishes and I really don't enjoy it. So I have a lot of negative thoughts when it comes to doing dishes. It sometimes feels like it'll take me an hour to do them. It'll feel like I'm going to waste time doing dishes and not being able to do other things. So these are thoughts that I've noticed in myself. And then something that I've started to try to do and something that I know we encourage in BA is time yourself. Start to challenge some of those thoughts and see, did it really take me an hour to do the dishes or did it actually take maybe 10 minutes? And then I had those 50 minutes of free time that I never would have even realized had I not started and even tried to do it. So this idea of just trying it out, seeing how it goes, and then going ahead and reflecting on was that something that was in line with the thoughts I was having or the predictions I had, or was it very different? And that's something that can bring a lot of learning and a lot of great insight. 
Absolutely. And I think sometimes we can get so caught up with our thoughts that they really hold us back. And I know we're talking a lot about, you know, reflect on your thoughts and reflect Mm -hmm. on that. And it's so much easier said than done. So we really don't want to negate any of the experiences that people are going through in terms of this is tough stuff that we're sharing. It might sound very simple and straightforward, but if it were that simple, we'd all be doing it already. And we notice Mm -hmm. that that's not the case. So there's a lot more to it than we're sharing right now as well. There's so many more skills involved. There's a lot of self-care, self-compassion that goes into this as well. And I also think just professional support going through it, right? Like someone who can help you draw out some of those reflections, like things that we're noticing and and sharing aren't just things that necessarily come to your mind instantly. It's something Mm -hmm. that takes a little bit more probing and and digging deeper. And that's where having a, a trained therapist can be so helpful. So yeah, for sure. It takes quite a bit of work, but I think I've seen it myself in like with patients and I've also seen in the research, like it can be really quite helpful. And so that brings us to our last question to reflect on, which is, do I have a hard time even knowing what I enjoy or finding meaning in it? Exactly. This is a hard question because especially if we're thinking back to those patterns or your routine that you've fallen into that feels like this is my comfort zone now and sometimes when we're in this routine that we have created for ourselves reflecting back on things that you used to find enjoyable or things that you used to do that gave you motivation can be so difficult because it feels like right now nothing is Mm -hmm. so how do I even begin to start thinking about that so reflecting on those things are something that we again do within BA and explore that further Mm-hmm. Yeah, so as you can tell, there's a lot of different questions that you can ask yourselves about whether BA would be a good fit for you. And BA covers quite a few skills. There's a lot to it. And I don't think there's a very clear definition in terms of like, these are the bounds of the skill of BA. There's It can really apply to, to everyone's lives very differently, depending on what your own goals are, what your own values are. And that's kind of the process of starting out reflecting on where you're at now, and then where you'd like to be. So it's quite an individualized approach absolutely and i think that this is just the tip of the iceberg in terms of what ba is we're just talking about one very specific area and the first part of what we do which is just this reflection piece there are so many skills like navia you're saying in terms of strategies that we try to incorporate and actually carry out the reflections that we then identify so really that is something that can be broken down into so many different sessions and into different areas. And it's something that we would make unique to the person that's seeking the various therapy or treatment that they'd want to engage in. So it's something that I've noticed is very different for every individual I've seen, even in practicum. How has your experience been with BA Navia? Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's been very individualized. Firstly, based on where a person is in terms of willingness to change. I think that is something that can really lead to very different results in behavioral activation. So for some people, they're a little bit further along in terms of their motivation to change. They're ready to to incorporate some of these skills and try things out. But for others, they might be so caught up within these vicious cycles of depression that make it really, really hard for them to find that motivation to even try something new. And so I, I find that that can lead to quite different results with behavioral activation. So those who are willing to try new things and try out some of these skills, which are admittedly really difficult to do, especially when you're experiencing depression, they tend to find just like better results generally and more openness to trying things. So I think that's a pretty key thing to reflect on initially is 
how willing are you to to make some change and to try out these things and then based on that what can we do to support you so there's things we can do to support people who maybe aren't ready for change yet but also things we can do for those who are ready to make change so there's something for everyone I find in group with BA it's just more so reflecting on where you're at at the moment and how can we support you absolutely and a big part of that is also seeing well are you in a situation or in a time where you can actually dedicate that mm-hmm. effort for yourself because you might not have time or space to engage in doing some of the strategies and skills that we work on because BA is I know we go back to talking about how therapy is the one hour, but most of the work and the real therapy, so to say, is done outside of that hour. So do you have time and space to actually engage and work on those skills that we Mm -hmm. talk about in therapy outside of our time together? So thinking about that and seeing how it's, it's a lot of work. It is a lot of work. It goes beyond reflecting. It goes into actually doing tasks, starting to bring in that change. And that looks different for everyone it's in small steps and in steps Mm -hmm. that are manageable for you. So that's something that we talk more about and see that people actually have had a positive experience after it. I've had so many individuals share that they didn't realize how simply setting goals, for example, Mm -hmm. would cause or encourage them to find that motivation in certain things. But we've seen that it actually has such an impact on people. I agree. Yeah, I think the goal setting is quite an interesting session to go through with people. Firstly, because it's so structured, like we use a smart goal format. And so it can be quite structured. And sometimes exactly that structure can be helpful to have a more clear sense of like, this is actually a goal that I have. And this is how I can formulate it into behaviors that I can do. So that connection between this is what I'd like to accomplish. And then this is how I'll go about working on it. And I think like you said, Prabnorm, really working on small changes. Sometimes we say bite-sized changes is Mm -hmm. all it takes to just get the ball rolling. And once you're able to do that, it feels like you're able to take on more and more tasks. You're able to take on larger things, larger changes that you'd like to make. So it's all about taking that first step. And that's where you can get the support either in a group or in in an individual session with a therapist is getting to that stage where you're ready to actually make that first step. And depends on your, your life circumstances. It can take a lot of work for sure but also quite a few benefits there. And I know we're talking about goals, and this is oftentimes one of the first areas that we start to explore within BA when we're doing group or when we're doing an individual session. So what we initially do is after looking at all those reflections on what it is that you're doing in your routine, starting to write down what are some things that you'd like to see different. And one framework that both Nav and I have worked with is using the SMART goal framework. And this is really just one of the acronyms. There's many out there that help you to create goals, but it's a really good way to actually write down something specific, something that you can actually measure, something that you can reflect on if this is attainable, realistic for you, and put a time frame on it so you mm-hmm. can start to work towards it and see that change in real time. And within making these goals, there's immediate goals and ultimate goals. So thinking about this idea that an immediate goal is something that you can work on currently. It might be a bit more short term with ultimate goals. It is a bit more of a long term goal. So something that might need more steps to actually reach that final ultimate goal that you have and something that might take more time than just say a week, for example. So initially identifying where we want to have that change and then writing it out. What are those goals looking like? And starting to work on them bit by bit. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I think gaining that clarity of what your goals are, especially ultimate goals, I think it's hard to come up with a very measurable ultimate goal I think that can take quite a bit of time and quite a bit of reflection so being able to write those down and have them be very clear can help us start to set the stage and when I say set the stage that's really breaking down the steps that it'll take for you to reach your first goal let's say within the week if we set that as our time frame and there's a really great story that I heard in group that I wanted to share which is for example like say that someone wanted to set a goal of learning to swim so that's your ultimate goal it takes a lot of different steps to get there and their immediate goal was to go for a swimming class over the next week and you know that's something that they had written down and created a smart goal for and then had come back for therapy and wanted to share that experience with everyone and then when they were asked like were were you able to go to your swim class they said no I wasn't able to do it and then you know a little bit more of a conversation and through that conversation we realized okay, this person actually didn't even have a swimsuit to go (laughs) swimming in the first place. And that's this idea of setting the stage. Sometimes even an immediate goal over the next week may need to be broken down even further in a way that can better set us up for success with that goal. And so for this person going swimming, you need a swimsuit before you do that. And so that would Mm -hmm. actually be their first goal. The second one would then be to actually go to the swim class and then moving forward from there. So I think that's something that sometimes we overlook. Like, do I have everything I need to be successful with this goal? Do I have the proper setup? Do I have the time commitment? Do I have the support with friends and family to be able to do it? And those are some things that we work on first before we actually get to the goal that can get us towards our ultimate goals. And this is something that can sometimes also be overlooked because it can just be clumped into one big thing that we have to do. But there are sometimes so many small things even if they're just tedious, but things that we have to do to reach the first part of our goal. So this idea, Navia, that you're sharing of breaking it down is so important to really start to see, well, what are even those smaller steps that I have to take before I can start to begin working on this aspect? And that's something that we'd encourage you to write out and plan out if you have a goal and want to start working towards it to identify, well, how does that actually look? So we've been talking a lot about behavioral activation, what it looks like, some models, and how it can be used and when it can be helpful. We wanted to get that conversation started on learning more about what it is and how individuals can start to identify if this is something that they'd like to explore further for themselves. This is just the beginning of what behavioral activation looks like. There are so many other details and parts to it that we'd encourage you to explore if this is something that's interesting to you. So just as we end off, we wanted to remind you that this information is meant to be purely educational. We are not health professionals, just graduate students navigating these topics with you. Any podcast content is not intended to be a substitute for professional advice, diagnosis, or treatment. So we recommend that you always seek the advice of a qualified healthcare provider with any questions regarding your mental health and well-being. We also wanted to share some resources with you if you'd like to explore mental health or access certain services for yourself. This includes Good to Talk, which is a confidential mental health support for post-secondary students in Ontario and Nova Scotia. Kids Help Phone, which offers free counseling and free crisis text line support 24-7. This is targeted towards youth populations, and they have a lot of great mental health resources on their website as well. Connects Ontario, which is an information and referral service that focuses on mental health, addictions, 
and problems with gambling services in the province. They can be reached over the phone, chat, and also email. Wellness Together Canada, which is a free mental health and substance use portal for anyone in Canada, and they help you get connected with appropriate resources. But with all of these, we'd encourage you to also explore your own local resources and reach out to them if you feel that you need that extra support. In terms of being connected with us, you can connect through our email, which is so tell me more podcast at gmail.com, as well as our Instagram page at so tell me more podcast. You can check out our Instagram page for future updates, and it's a great way to share any feedback that you have about the podcast, as well as topics you'd be interested in hearing more about. So if you like what you hear, please subscribe to our show in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and Google Podcasts, or wherever else you're listening right now. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you learned something new or simply enjoyed our exploration of behavioral activation. We're excited to continue exploring new topics in future episodes, but for now, stay safe and take care.